that I'm not going to try and bury under pillows for this episode. And I am here with one of my favorite people in the world, Aretha Callison. She is a soul stylist, which is quite the title. So before we start, give us a bit of information about your bio, your background, and what brings you to this work. Perfect. Thank you, Lisa. And you are also one of my favorite people because I think combining law of attraction and love coaching is just about the most wonderful thing in the world because that's what we're all really looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, I started my journey as a very vibrant, um, confident woman, young woman, um, and I got married and I um, was kind of a codependent um, based on some of my past stuff. And so I proceeded to um, over-nurture my husband and, and continue in my codependent ways until my early 30s when I just kind of woke up one day and realized that I felt like a total dork. I was 25 pounds overweight, and I saw myself in pictures, and I just thought, ew, you know, ew. I I just I felt like my energy didn't match my body, didn't match what I was wearing, I was just struggling to really find clothes that that I wasn't embarrassed to be seen in. And um and um basically I in in my early thirties kind of woke up and and stopped um a long process of, of turning my energy around to take care of myself and gain my vitality and my vibrance again and um in the process, I, I was a long-term makeup artist, and I was working with a woman, and I was coaching her and encouraging her, and she said, can you can you just come home with me? I, I'm turning into my mother, and I don't know what to do about it. And so I that was kind of like the realization as I, I went home with her, and I started to help her with the work that I've been doing on myself and, you know, helped her dig her way out of the closet and really just kind of find herself and find her own style. And, and that's the work that I've been doing for the last 13 years. And I'm, I'm more vibrant and sexier and more attractive in my 40s than I, I think I ever was for a moment of my 20s or 30s or teen years for that matter. So I'm, I'm loving life right now, Lisa. Loving life. <laughs> oh, and I love that idea, actually, that, you know, you are in your 40s and more vibrant, more alive, sexier, more engaged, more awake than you ever were. I feel that way. I mean, I, my 20s I know you are. <laughs> were a blur. My 30s were blurrier. So, and I love the perspective that you come at this from because you don't go at it just from put on this these clothes and let's do your makeup and call it good. Like you take this work a lot deeper than that. I, I actually use a lot of the transformation tools from Drs. Gay and Kathleen Hendricks from Hendricks.com. I've 
studied their work actively for eight, still coach, use all their principles in my own life. And and basically in your book, Lisa, you know, you, you hit the you hit the nail on the head. It's all about aliveness. It's all about vitality and gusto and mojo. And and you know, I unapologetically will tell you that I am usually the most vibrant happy person in any room. And that is phenomenally sexy. You I quote you all the time because I did an interview with you. I don't know, it's got to be about five years ago now. And you said something in that interview, you probably say it all the time, but that uh, sexiness is aliveness. It, I mean, it's, it's curiosity, it's aliveness. And we tend to not, we're programmed not to think that. We're programmed to think sexiness is youth and red lips and big boobs and the right clothes. I mean, but sexiness really comes in this, more elusive and yet very achievable package that is aliveness. And I love yes. that concept. And I'll tell you, I've, I've been doing a lot of dating research on my own over the past two years when I I finally pulled up stakes on someplace I didn't want to live, moved someplace, took huge risks, huge losses, left my you know primary relationship, my five favorite girlfriends, you know, and, and said, I have to make sure that I'm happy. So I am, am moving. I'm getting rid of half of my stuff, and I'm I'm moving cross country to a place that makes me feel alive. And, oh, my God, that is the loudest dog story I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I will. So, so my, my point is, Lisa, that I, when your life does not please you, that is a huge drain on your aliveness. When your relationships and my girlfriends were giving back to me tremendously, but I was in a, a committed relationship for 11 years with a guy who was awesome, but it just wasn't generative for me. So I had to go, okay, I have to change everything. And I ha- And that doesn't mean that your listeners have to change everything. But when you know that something is not working for you, it is an act of self-sabotage. So I had to I had to be fully committed to restarting my business, everything, all over again in a new place because I knew that something inside of myself was dying. So I had the choice of aliveness is I had to say, I have to put myself first. I have to be fully alive. And and so this is the steps that I have to go through for that. Um, and in the process, I've I've dated quite a bit in the last few years. And what I've learned is that men are not interested in red lipstick. Only occasionally are interested in big boobs. Um, they're interested in women that are okay. Now I'm talking about the guys that you want, the alive guys, right. the smart guys, exactly. the fun guys. They are looking for number one intelligent women um, that have something to add to their lives, and they're looking for women that are having fun, that are vitally alive, that are healthy, that are vibrant. That doesn't mean thin, and I'm not a thin person. I'm a very curvy person, but I'm out on a paddleboard, or I'm, you know, I'm active. I'm walking. I'm, I'm doing things, and. And and I think, Lisa, on a primal level, whenever we, you know, a lot of men call it, you know, a woman who takes care of herself, quote, unquote, there, you know, there is an external um, benefit 
right, for our bodies to to pay attention to our bodies and to have fun in our bodies and to stretch and move and be out walking and be active and do things. Um, but on the there's an internal motivator, which is I want to enjoy my life. And that in itself, I I am amazed at the number of young men that ask me out because they're not seeing that among their own peer group of women. I think that's surprising, Lisa. I think it's, and I think you said something that's really very accurate. And I mean, we can all say amen to this, but it's the truth. I mean, we, you can't discount this. There are dudes out there that are looking for Barbie. That's that's a fact. There are very many of them, actually. They're they're highly in the minority, but they aren't the guys and you want to attract anyway. I'm I mean, not there looking are women for them. Right. Ugh. There are women yeah. out there that are only looking for the wallet. Like they're only looking for money. Hey. They are in the and minority. And you know what? They get yeah. They get what they deserve. Then Lisa. Right. They right. get the but superficial I mean, guy. Yeah. The majority of people aren't there. The majority of men, I fully no. agree, because I work with a lot of them. They want aliveness. They want somebody who's interesting. They want someone who's engaged. They want somebody who contributes that feeling of who's adventure smart. and fun and joy who's smart. Yeah. They're looking and, for a woman who adds to their life. A wise man is, anyway. Yeah. And then we wrap back around because I think this is where the conversation gets tricky because I do want to talk about style. I want to talk about makeup and clothes and why that matters. And the reason it matters is because it prompts that allow you to feel the best you can about you. It's, It's all about how you feel about how you show up in the world rather than you morphing yourself into something that you're not so you can be perceived differently. Do you agree with that? Yes and no. Um, and, and this and this is why. Let me let me just tell you what I've learned is I help two distinct groups of people, and then and then will you cycle me back around to, to make sure I answer that? Um, there there are people who are radiantly confident, Lisa, who have no idea that their breath stinks, and they have yellow teeth, and you know. <laughs> I'm serious, like, and they and they've got the muffin top from hell, and and they're out wearing the skinny pants and the you know, and and they might think they are gorgeous, you know what I mean, and 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 you know that's a better problem to have for sure. But those people are just not either artistic or they're, they're that's just not their thing, you know. And they and those people do need genuine assistance. Just like I need help on with math, you know, <laughs> not you know, I need help with math, and, and and but I know it. Some people don't know that they need help with with the way that they ex, externally express themselves. But then you're right. The the second group are the people that are beautiful. They're they're but they don't see their own beauty, or when they date, like you're saying. They have this external image that they try to superimpose on themselves of the red lips, the big boots, the the ridiculous-looking sky-high thigh boots, you know, that people should really only wear in music videos because they look ridiculous outside of that, you know, setting. And and they they need to love themselves more and see their own beauty more. And then 
and I've never discussed with you this with you, Lisa, but what will happen and what happened to me in the last few years is I actually became healed through dating because I was able to get really good feedback from people around why they liked dating me, what they were attracted in. And it, and that's, and I think that experience for people when they go into dating from a place of really just being genuinely themselves um, and letting their light shine, I think it, it helps women gain the confidence to see themselves through the eyes of men who appreciate them. So easier said than done. Yeah. Be genuinely self. Be genuinely yourself, and let your light shine. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think yeah. that so many women, and I mean, we're having a conversation that's sort of women centric, but this is this doesn't just apply to women. So many people, right. women in particularly, long ago have turned their lights off, and they don't even realize that they flipped the switch. Like it, it happened ten years ago, and they don't remember walking by, and shutting it down. Like. How do you and even so know many men if your light are is shining? Yeah. yeah, I agree. And I think, you know, that that men cannot they they can't keep themselves from from coming over and looking at me or talking to me or it's like moths to a flame. And I think, you know, and you're not just attractive and it's a law of attraction too, you know, you're not just attractive to men, you're attractive to everybody. You know, little kids are just, I just, I mean, some of the best time I had hanging out at the resort in Disney was my conversations with little kids because they saw my light and they were like, boom, I want to go hang out with her. She's fun, you know? So I think, I mean, I know that I'm having a good time and I'm helping people raise their vibration and have a good time. So I think, Lisa, my first question to to people listening to you would be, you know, are you having a good time? Because if you're having a good time, your light is on. And that you know? has been the theme of all of these conversations this week. If you're not having, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Like you're just, oh, it's, cool. and that's it too. I mean, really. And yet we will talk ourselves out of that over and over and over and over again. It's like, oh, this kind of sucks, but I'm going to keep doing it. That's not the energy. It's not attractive energy. Unfortunately, I'm going to retract that. It is still attractive energy. It's just not the kind of energy you want to be flowing when you're attracting something because you attract more of that. Okay, I think I lost you. Sorry. We were talking yesterday with Natalie about wouldn't it be nice if we could just put ourselves on ice when our vibration was bad, right? Like, oh, wouldn't yeah. it be nice if I'm not having fun and I'm kind of miserable and this totally sucks, but <laughs> I, but somebody would, you know, protect me from being able to attract. I mean, you can mm-hmm. still attract. You're just not going to attract something that you really want to experience from that yeah. place. I wouldn't, from, for me, Lisa, what I do is I stay home and I get my vibration right before I go do anything else. And like like today, I was feeling some sadness, and I'm not judging sadness. It's just information. It's energy and needed to move. And I did not pass go until I took care of myself, and I loved myself. And from that, I had an absolutely amazing experience with someone, and a healing conversation both ways because I I I took care of my own energy. Um. 
And I do want to cut over to the style. Do you mind if I just cut over to the style part and then you can redirect me? <laughs> I will. Let's go. Style. Let's talk style. I, I wanted to say if, if okay, and, and I'm just going to talk about you because I, I, I've looked at your style board. I You know, I want to say that, you know, I have a small waist and big hips and big thighs, okay, and big boobs. So dressing me, my body type, a real curvy body type, I always say if I can dress me, I could dress anybody. I have I have very short waist. I mean, it's tricky dressing curves. But I did eventually find jeans that worked for me, even if they're like stretch leggings. And then, you know, you throw a cute top over the top of that and you throw on some cute heels that aren't too trashy looking, that are classy looking. In fact, that's the outfit that I wore when I first came here in a very rural country setting. I just had on some pretty teal, like Nine West pumps with some skinny jeggings, dark, you know, just, and then, and then just a tunic top over my butt, you know, just, but just long and sexy and cute. And I had young women coming up to me at the bar because I was dancing, of course, having a great time because that's my objective or why would I even be there? And these girls are coming up to me, and they're like, you're so classy. I mean, it's like they needed to see what that looked like. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. to interject to any woman or man who is listening that a nice pair of dark jeans that fit your body, not too tight, not too loose, with, I mean, if you really want to no-brainer it, a black T-shirt or a black top that covers any extra Fluffy parts, you know, that you're not loving. It, and, and then some cute shoes, some nice shoes that look nice. And, a, and you know, having a nice haircut and a big freaking smile. And then you start having fun. You're not going to be able to be mopped with a stick. Okay. It's just radiant and attractive and easy. And with your body type, it's the same thing. Jeggings. You know, a cute shift top, sexy, flowy, some sexy shoes. And I know you love your red lipstick, but I'm just saying, like, that's yourself. But men in general, they've done studies. They really want the natural lips because they just want to kiss you. And they don't right. want to, like, have lipstick all over. And, and, you know, for me, Lisa, it's it's about six products. It's concealer, mascara, define your brows. Um, it, you know, just do a little a little blush and some cute earrings and a big smile and a cute, it doesn't matter if you're a ponytail or your hair's down. I mean, it's just, you don't need to excessively worry about your appearance. You definitely need to make sure that you're being the best version of yourself. You don't have to be an extrovert either. You can be an introvert. You can smile. You can throw a pretty smile across the room at somebody and see what pings back, you know. But, you know, people want to have fun. And so whatever introverted or extroverted, you know, even if you're sitting there warmly with a smile on your face, with an open heart, you know, that's approachable. And I think... What I see, Lisa, out, you know, in, in the places where people date is I see a lot of people who make themselves unapproachable. Yeah. It's very true. I mean, I I have a client who is engaged to a woman that he worked in an office with for two years and never saw her. 
And then he ran into her in a coffee shop on a Sunday, and all he could talk to me about was how beautiful her smile was. It took him two weeks to realize that she worked three office doors down from him. He he never saw her because she 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 wasn't approachable. But when he saw her at Starbucks on Sunday morning and she smiled at him, like that smile opened doors that could have been there for both of them all along. Like that, that willingness to be open, that willingness to be approachable, that willingness to do what you need to do so you can feel like yourself and not, not more than yourself because overdoing it makes you also feel self self-conscious. So we basically, one of the people who helped me brand myself, she referred to me as a soul spouse, but also as a visibility expert because really for me doing people's inner and outer work to help them let go of the pain and let go of the beliefs and stuff to be willing to be visible that it, it that is the main thing is people need to realize like you're saying Lisa and I'm sure you can do excellent coaching with them to help them to realize to help them to get to a place where they're willing to be seen and um I know you've heard this story about Marilyn Monroe she was walking down the street with one of her girlfriends and her girlfriend said, I don't understand why aren't people coming up to you? And, and I thought we would be mobbed. And Marilyn said, Oh, well, I'm, I'm Norma Jean, but do you want to see Marilyn? She said, yeah. She turned on her light, flipped her switch one second. And all of a sudden people just started rushing up to her. And it was by the way she carried herself, but she put on that persona and she went from an introvert to her extroverted persona. And I guess I want to say to women and men, when you're out there and you want to attract a partner, you know, once you've got your style dialed, you know, and you're not you're not working it too hard, but you look nice and you're you're seeable, the visibility it, it definitely is energy and and you do I mean if you're out and you want to attract a partner, you do have to choose that. Lisa, you have to choose because, to be, you have to choose to make eye contact. Yeah, you have to I choose totally to be agree. approachable. I totally, totally agree. And I think that that is a skill. And I mean, I always say it, I'm a fan of online dating. I met my husband on match.com, but it is a skill mm. that we have not, that, that is, we're getting a little weak because a lot of people think you can get online and you can look at some profiles and see some pictures and you're going to, man shop, as I like to put it, or woman shop, we've, we've lost our skill to walk into a room, turn on our light, put a smile on, yep. and be approachable. Because in a lot of ways, this sort of virtual environment that so many of us live in, has it, does, it doesn't require those same skills. And yet that willingness to be seen mm-hmm. translates in every area of your life, beyond your dating life, to your work life, to every other area of our life. A lot of us are pretty weak right there, right now. I agree. And, you know, the, the and, you know, I'm not usually this person because I try to curb the habit, but, you know, looking down into your phone does not make you, attract, you know, attractive or approachable. Um, and and we, we are at a risk. So, 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 but here's here's the good news, Lisa, is that means that conscious men and women who are intentionally out there going, hey, I'm going to shine my light and I'm going to have a good night tonight, whether or not that means I end up 
meeting somebody that I date forever. Maybe I just need a new friend or two, you know, kind of, you know, that, that intention without attachment thing that's so interesting. <laughs> but that means that when we go out there, kind of the, I, I don't know why the word sharks is coming to mind, but, you know, somebody who's on a mission, we're on a mission to be vibrant, to be fantastic, to, for me to meet new friends, whether they're guys or girls. Um, that is so attractive because most people are there numbing out on, you know, drugs or alcohol. Um, and they're, they're in groups, little packs, protecting themselves because they're terrified to be there. So when that approachable, alive, bold person, confident person walks up to me and says, hey, would you like to dance? I don't care how tall they are. I don't care what color they are. I'm just like, hell yes. Hell yes. Let's let's go have some fun. Right. You know? It makes and, it easier and, for us to see each other because we stand out. Yeah, and we we've got we've got the advantage hugely over all the insecure women my age, Lisa. It's just men can't over help, all the insecure but look, women half your at, age. Half I mean, yeah. Age half your age, you will still shine brighter. Age is such a tricky yeah. thing oh, because yeah. it doesn't even really count. So well, you're right. You're right, but I just wanted to make the point that I don't get asked out by men my age as much as as the 20s and 30s because they've people are so at least when they don't have tools or coaching, they're so there's so much baggage. It's so heavy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That I'm just saying that that radiantly alive person who wants to have fun is just going to be like a light. And you you can't help but get asked out when you're smiling and having a good time. And then okay. I'm going to come back and I've got a question, a very specific question. You almost answered, but I want to, I want to like <laughs> okay. flush it out a little bit more. There is no choice in life that will have more impact on your happiness than who you choose to share it with. Everyone wants to find that one big love. However, most people are looking for that love kind of like they would play the lottery. Finding great love is not a game of chance. Score Your Soulmate by Lisa M. Hayes is a by-the-numbers guide to finding the love of your life and creating a life you love. Score Your Soulmate is a step-by-step soulmate finding formula that anyone can follow. What you will get along the way is a swoon-worthy life you'll want to share with that perfect someone. You can find Score Your Soulmate on Amazon or your local bookstore. Get your copy and start your journey to happily ever after today. Okay, you answered this question specifically, but I want to dive into it a little bit more because it's the question that I get asked most frequently that's in your wheelhouse, which is, what do I wear on that first date? Because I think people get that there's that that's important, and I very often say something along the lines of, "You classy, classy is a word that I come back to every time." Because a lot of people, particularly women, and I'm just going to excuse my language, like they want to look fuckable on that first date. But yeah, I think it's more it's more important that you look you you look the best you can. I mean, maybe you look fuckable. 
But if you don't look like somebody that he can imagine taking home to mama or his mama equivalent, he may date you. But opinions are formed really quickly. So classy to me it's on true. a first date is ever so much more fuckable because he's got to be he's got to be able to imagine taking you home to mom. And that sounds like such I a basic agree. equation, but it's nope. what I say every single time. He's looking for a wife. I don't care what they say. I mean, I'm just saying, like, like you're saying, like that. If you want a guy who's looking for a wife or a husband, or or a guy who's looking for a girl who's looking for a long-term, committed, monogamous, you're gonna look for somebody who's both sexy and classy. Mm-hmm. So, amen, sister. I could not agree with you more. So, do you mind if I just, I'm just gonna break it down into really simple terms. Um. Most women err from the waist up. And, you know, maybe we'll talk about guys. Let's talk about girls first, Lisa, and then and then remind me, let's come back to talk about guys, okay? So Go for it. And, and Lisa, I know you have this dialed, which I love about you. You totally get the sexy, classy piece. So first of all, have a beautiful pedicure. Do not have skanky feet. <laughs> Do not have... Nail polish that's halfway worn off. If you're not going to do your keep your nails nice on your hands, just don't wear nail polish. Just keep your hands, you know, just keep your nails filed and and you know look nice. But don't, you know, I it's just not anyway. It it okay. So starting with the feet, comfortable yet classy pumps. And I would say go with the color. Don't go with black. Black is too serious, and black can be so quickly make the translation to slutty. And I would say don't do sky-high heels because it kind of says that you're superficial, like the stilettos, because you can't walk around with a guy on the first date. First of all, you're going to look ridiculous. You're going to hobble around. You might fall over if you have any drinks. And a guy does not, unless he's one of those Barbie Trump people, ugh, like... Mm-hmm. They're not going to be attracted by that, and and to be quite honest, Lisa, most women do not know how to walk in those heels. You will you will see supermodels routinely fall down. There, so don't you know wear a two and a half to three and a half inch heel. Fine, fine, but but make it a good heel and not a stiletto because you don't want to fall down. Okay, I've seen this happen so much. So. So be sexy or or be cute, sexy cute with the shoes. You know, you're going to be walking around. Flip-flops, I mean, guys are really so much about just a girl being pretty. She doesn't have to be, a lot of guys are not looking for the knockout. They're looking for the pretty girl who's fun, who can be their best friend, who can be sexy and go whitewater rafting. I mean, that's that's been my that's been my truth, okay? So, and then a nice dark pair of jeans is always slimming, and it's not intimidating. Most guys, now this is, I'm going to quote my dad. <laughs> He's not most guys. He's definitely in the over 60, okay? But he is like, oh, that woman, yeah, she's beautiful and she's great, but she is way too high maintenance. So, I would say... Do not dress high maintenance. Don't don't overdress for the first date. Okay, so you okay. keep you know sexy, sexy. Sorry, 
Go ahead. I know. I said I totally agree because I hear the high-maintenance comment from guys a lot. And, I mean, it's not particularly a fair judgment. I mean, that's a woman who put in a lot of effort, but I I hear that a lot. Like, yeah, avoid high-maintenance. I think think comfortable, whether that's a dressy flip-flop to a cute pump. But if you want to be classy, you want to have a little style, you know, these teal pumps I have, they're little aqua. Oh, they're so cute. It looks like aqua snakeskin. I get compliments on like you would not believe. And they actually have a strap at the heel, so they're very safe at the ankle. And then I just wear a cute pair of jeans over them. And they peek out, and they're really, that's a cute pop that's been in style forever. It'll probably be in style forever. A cute stretch jegging. So here's the key, Lisa, for most women. you got to get the rise right on your pants you gotta have it coming up where it covers wherever your flab is Uh, because sisters we all have flabs and it is okay (laughs) so it's true and you know what men don't mind that they like to squeeze that stuff i mean we're soft that is why men like us we are soft so for me with my curves um my rise my best rise comes up um, to an inch below my belly button. For a lot of women, if you have a little bigger tummy, you are going to want to consider a stretch high rise, not a low rise. Do not do a low rise unless you have no body fat or you're like 12 with no body fat. Bad, bad call. So um, something a little higher rise, and, you know, a lot of women don't want to go there, but but there's a company called My Daughter's Jeans, and I'm sure there's other ones, but they're very stretchy. They're higher-waisted, and they just look so flattering if you have, you know, any extra fluff. And then remember, you're going to wear a cute top over it, so it doesn't even matter. So just smooth it out, girls. You know, smooth it out, all the extra loving. And then, and then on top, okay, this is where most women go wrong, especially young women. Oh, my God. Revealing too much flesh on top. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see your fat say, arms. Yeah. <laughs> nobody, yeah, nobody has who has extra heaviness on their arms, which is like my whole family. <laughs> we don't look good in sleeveless tops, and I can firm it up, and I can you know feel better about it. But boo, you know, you got extra boobs, you got extra arm, like just. Just wear something that goes to your elbow. Still cute. Shows off your cute wrist. And just wear a cute, vibrant, cute little shift top with a little V-neck that's just splattering and just and you feel good in it and you're just looking cute and vibrant. Put on some cute earrings and just go have a good time walking around or dancing or, you know, just, what do you think, Lisa? No, I totally agree. And all of that comes down to comfort. I mean, if your arms are a little bit bigger, chances are you feel self-conscious about that on some level. Like wearing something that (laughs) reduces that makes it's easier. And I'm going to also say too much flesh, too low cut. Like give a guy a break. That's what I mean. If if you don't want him staring at your boobs, then don't do that to him. Give a guy a break. But see, that's the problem. The problem is is that women think that they want men staring at their boobs, so therefore I should show more. And I know I used the F word. I did use the fat word, fat arm, fat. It's just if you 
our face is really what we want to highlight, you know, and, and a little bit of a V-neck is flattering on anybody. So, sure, even a Henley T-shirt is super cute and flattering. But I, I will say I think that, and then, you know, I wear scarves because I'm a scarf person. I'm a little bit classier dresser than your average person. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna glam it up a little bit more. I'm an artist, so it's got that artsy, fringy flair. But if if you're more of an athletic girl, a cute little Henley shirt with a cute little jean jacket, um, and you know, Lisa, for somebody like you, you know, a, a cute little um, shifty, sh- um, just a, a straight, pretty blouse that just flows over your hips with a pretty v-neck and sexy you can wear a long necklace with it like maybe a chevron stripe or colorful vibrant you know those beautiful tropical tones that look good on you um because your your energy is not heavy lisa so i would not put you in a heavy fabric you need to wear light and flowy you know you love the islands i mean you're that's your vibe so i think that it's like you're going to wear the nicest version of how you normally dress. Maybe that's a good way to put it. That's an excellent way to put you know, it. And, and, it, and it's really simple. The nicest version of how you would normally dress, it's how you're going to be most comfortable. It's going to allow you to show up and be present and not fussy. That is a perfect way to describe it. And And makeup would be... I think generally men like a little less makeup than women think that they like. Um, so I would say, you know, a definitely a beautiful black mascara on the top lashes. Highlight your brows a little bit more. And, and so instead of like glomming on a lot of color on your lids and a lot of color on your cheeks and a lot of color on your lips, you know, darken your brows a little for a little dr- more dramatic look. Um, I, I would say don't go too heavy on the eyeshadow. Maybe maybe bump it up, you know, 25 at the most 50% of what you wear during the day. Because, see, he probably met you during the day. He probably, you know, if he's asked you out on a date, he already is attracted to you. So it's like you don't have to, you don't have to go for bust. He's already given you the ultimate compliment. He's already attracted to you. So just, you know, just have fun with it. But you know, too much makeup is so unattractive, and especially too much foundation or um, so just, you know, like you're saying, you don't want to look too slutty. I mean, we all, and you know what? There is a time to be slutty, Lisa. You and I know that every woman has a couple outfits. (laughs) You know, once you're with your husband or you're having a good time with your girlfriends and, you know, but that first date is definitely, as we know, as we've discussed, not the time for those outfits. There is a difference between there's a difference between the first date outfit and the third date outfit, and we all know that. And so, <laughs> you know, keeping keeping that boundary in mind goes a long way. So let's switch gears here and let's talk a little bit about men. Because I think women obsess about this. Men actually struggle with it more because a lot of men run the story they can't dress themselves. They're not doing that. It was one of the first things (laughs) I heard from my husband. As soon as we were an established couple, it was like, oh, well, you can can close shop for me. Because a lot of men run that story. And so that first date can be 
terrifying. They're not worried about what message they're going to send. They're just worried about showing up in something that matches. Exactly. And, and, and therefore, one more point why women should not overdress. Because he's already going to be struggling with it. You know, unless you've already met him and you know he dresses all GQ, then, you know, you can you can step it up. But that's so rare, you know. Um, so I, I told a couple male clients, if, if you know, if you're not going to work with me, you're not going to hire somebody to really dial in on, like, your own personal style, I would say go to Banana Republic. Because <laughs> you can't, you really can't screw up, in my opinion, okay. if you go to Banana Republic. And then the other thing is, if you have a couple nice pair of um, all-weather all, all wool slacks all year round weight wool slacks that are flat front um, and some nice shirts that the people at nice people at Banana Republic pick out for you, then you'll have an outfit for a job interview that will, that will also be a, a great outfit for a wedding or, you know, something formal you have to go to, a dinner with your boss. You can't go wrong as a guy with having three to five super strong outfits, the shoes, the belt, the the all-weather wool slacks, and a couple nice dress shirts, a couple t- ties, and a couple jackets from a place like Banana Republic. Now, if you're heavier than you want to be, yes, you can wear the dark shirts with that are not tucked in, but they can't be too big or they will make you look bigger and they will also look sloppy. And I would say to go with a dark blue over a dark brown or a dark black because blue is a friendlier color on the skin than black is. Um, and I would say, you know, men underestimate the importance of a good Italian shoe. Now, I, I took all my clients and my ex-boyfriend to Nordstrom Rack. And, um, you, you're going to want a quality shoe, definitely. And I like to encourage my clients to go with a cordovan or a you know, beautiful nut color or wine color between a brown and a, you know, don't, don't be boring with your shoes to both men and women. It, it's an easy way to have a style statement with a pop of color, um, you know, comfortable, of course. But, you know, men need, women need to dress, down a little sometimes, but men definitely need to dress up a little. And then, oh my God, not too much cologne. Oh, please. Lord, deliver us from cologne. <laughs> it's That can be very offensive, I think. Still here, but I can't hear Lisa. So, don't know what's going on. But, there could be a dog emergency. Um, no, so I, I just, just dropped dropped myself right out of the call queue, but I am back, and I heard all of that. And I agree about shoes, by the way. Like a man in a nice pair of shoes, you notice that. Mm, damn. And that it's not wearing big baggy pants. That's a huge problem men make. They forget we want to see your butt too. It's not right. just you want I mean, to see our butt. We want to see your butt too. You said you said and, you flat know, front, like yeah. the flat, not the pleated mm-hmm. front, but the flat in the front. Yes, yeah, that's big. and and usually they the older stores dress men in pleated pants when they're heavy. Um, 
and they're they're just sloppy looking. If there's any way you can, they they add weight. And the other thing, Lisa, that for both sexes is such a huge turn on, is to have an a really great posture. The man, I you can just see, especially in men, their self confidence if they're bent over, if they're you know, the way they walk. A man with swagger. I mean, think of every single movie star. Lisa. Yeah, they have swagger. It's it's all about the way they walk, their posture. Not cocky. There's a difference. But but confident. There's no other word. Confident, approachable. Their their heart is open, their 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 rib cage is open, their shoulders are back and it's like they're preparing for a hug. And it's like the peacock, you know, that's like, hey, check me out. And I, I can't help but look at those guys, Lisa. No matter how old posture, they are. Right. Posture is huge, and you notice it in guys, but for women it's a big deal too. And that thing that you just huge. said, like I struggled with my posture for years. It was one of the things that my mother and I had arguments about. Like I was the proverbial slouchy kid. So I developed an identity as a slouchy human. And somebody once explained it to me by saying exactly what you just said. Throw your shoulders back so your heart is open. Don't concentrate on where your head is or where your shoulder I mean, Make sure what you concentrate on is opening up your frame so that your heart space is open. And once you do that, swagger is on board. That's the swagger key. <laughs> And like I said, the smile. I think the smile is the number one approachable thing. And and sadly, I think that's the problem I'm seeing in America is a lot of people don't smile at each other anymore. They're not approachable. People are very shut down. And, you know, when I was thinking about talking about my process of how I came alive, you know, I was shut down. I was 25 pounds overweight in an unhappy marriage because I was giving all my energy away to somebody else. And, you know, when you're vibrant, when you're alive, you're taking care of your health and your fitness and your and your heart happiness and you're in a job you like and, you're, you know, you've got pets or people that you love and love you back. And, you know, you're, you've got something to give, Lisa. And, and that totally smile... Good. That smile and that open posture is like, hey, I'm available. I'm available for love. And and kids and animals and old people at the grocery store, everybody sees that I'm walking around with my freaking heart open going, hey, you want to play? I've got love to share and love to spare. And I think, Lisa, that's what makes me so attractive. I agree. I agree with all of it, my friend. So we are almost at our time. In fact, we're a couple of minutes over. Final thoughts. Give me your final wrap-up thoughts. I would love to see people loving what they don't love about themselves. In my instance, it was my butt. When I began to love the body that God gave me, my world shifted. And then I drew in many other people who also admired my butt. (laughs) So I would say, and I know it's intimidating for people to say, well, I can't love my nose or I can't love this one thing I've been criticized my whole life for. 
But if you can just start loving yourself somewhere, it might be in your closet, it might be in what you eat, you get enough sleep, but make the choice to love you and then other people will be able to follow your lead. That's what I would love to see people do. I love it. How do people start. get a hold of yeah. you or find you for your work? Aretha.com, and it's I was named after Aretha Franklin, but it's spelled different. It's A-U-R-E-T-H-A.com, A-U, like aura. And um, I have a YouTube channel. I'm funny. And I have um, great newsletters. Um, but I I just love to connect with you on Facebook, Aretha Soul Stylist. But, you know, I just love, I love to love on people. So if people, you know, want to work with me and they just don't know how, just please contact me and we'll figure it out. So thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. Always a privilege to hear your voice. So big love to you, and thank you, everybody, for listening today. What if nothing had to change for you to love the body you have right now? Everyone says you need to love yourself, but if you don't know how, self-love feels like a sugary sentiment that doesn't really mean anything. Body Love Boot Camp will teach you the mechanics of self-love. You will learn to treat yourself and your body like you are worthy of love, not later, but now. Loving your body now doesn't mean you've given up on change. It means you're treating your body with the kind of respect that change is made from. So, if you're ready to get off that diet roller coaster thrill ride once and for all, check out Body Love Boot Camp today. www.bodylovebootcamp.com The body of your dreams just might be the one you have today www.bodylovebootcamp.com Thanks for listening to Love, Life, Life and Law of Attraction. Tune in next week to learn more about how to find the love of your life and build a life you love.